Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I am James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. It was a typically American structure supplied with weapons and radio equipment. We've got that story plus Wuhan, Wuhan goes outlaw. But first, on this possibly epic episode 529, the legacy of 9-11 plus 22, featuring the classic, you know it, you love it, you tune in every year this time just to confirm what you probably already know, yes, Notice on the continuation of the national emergency with respect to certain terrorist attacks. Consistent with Section 202 of the National Emergencies Act, I am continuing for one year the national emergency previously declared on September 14, 2001 with respect to the terrorist attacks of September 11th and the continuing and immediate threat of further attacks on the United States. Because the terrorist threat continues, the national emergency declared on September 14, 2001, and the powers and authorities adopted to deal with that emergency must continue in effect beyond September 14, 2023. I hope people have heard me say it, James. I hope they heard me say a thousand times, 9-11 is and is still the blank check for worldwide tyranny. As the Honorable Dr. Ron Paul asked the question, why are we in Niger? Yes, this is about 9-11. The July military coup in the West African country of Niger has once again brought attention to the fact that the U.S. government runs a global military empire that serves Washington's special interests and not national interests. Before the coup actually made news headlines, most Americans, including many serving in that geriatric ward of Zionist agents and pedos we call Congress, they had no idea the U.S. government maintains more than a thousand troops stationed on several U.S. bases in Niger. But it gets even worse than that. A recent report in The Intercept suggests the Pentagon repeatedly misled Congress about the extent and the cost of the presence. According to The Intercept, in testimony before the House and Senate Armed Services Committee in March, the chief of U.S. Africa Command, AFRICOM, described Air Base 201 in Niger as minimal and low cost. That minimal and low cost is a quarter of a billion dollars since 2016. So when, like what date and what session of Congress did they declare war on Niger? Of course they didn't. They haven't in a long time. As Responsible Statecraft points out, U.S. troops have been training the military in Niger since 2013, and the U.S. government has constructed a number of military bases to fight terrorism in the country and the region. Does that mean that the Pentagon is operating in Niger? Under the 2001 authorization of use of military force meant to track down those 9-11 perps? Obviously is, James. And ironically, or maybe not, one of the coup leaders in Niger had been trained by the Pentagon at Fort Benning, Georgia, the notorious School of the Americas. Susan Sarandon narrated an Oscar-nominated documentary short in 94, School of the Americas, Assassins. He was trained there, and he was trained at the National Defense University in Washington, D.C. So, as Ron Paul asked, what's the U.S. government training foreign military officers to do? Overthrow their own governments? I assume that is a rhetorical question. So, at this point, you might be wondering, what's Brandon doing all about this? He has apparently given six billy to that CIA stronghold known as Iran. Biden's despicable deal allowing Iran access to six billion makes the news on 9-11. In another example of Biden doubling down on the worst aspects of Obama, Antony Blinken, Secretary of State, told Congress, again, the, the balance of power, 
told Congress on Monday about his approval to transfer $6 billion in funds to Iran in exchange for five Americans being held in the Islamic Republic. To add insult to injury, the administration will also be releasing five Iranian citizens from U.S. prisons as part of the exchange. So the deal is, Iran gets $6 billion in cash and five citizens, and the U.S. gets five citizens. I don't even think they play basketball or anything. Meanwhile, Grandpa did make another funny. He wrongly claims to have visited New York City a day after 9-11. Biden, for better or worse, of course, being hilarity of levels we haven't enjoyed since the, since the Bush years. He claims to have been at Ground Zero the day after 9-11. It was a week plus after 9-11. But, of course, Obama's Annenberg factcheck.org regime also have to point out that Orange Man lies, too. He stretched the truth as well. That's at the bottom of the fact check. That is a kind of strange 9-11 plus 22, James. Well, unfortunately, you are un- exactly correct. 9-11 continues to be the black check- blank check for a number of different agendas. So if people want to follow up on some of these stories, I will point them for no- not for the first time and not for the last time to CorbettReport.com slash emergency, where you can get my States of Emergency podcast, in which I talk about the new governing paradigm for the planet, the ongoing, continuing, never-ending state of emergency that I think, I mean, obviously this has been going on for a long time, but I think we can see 9-11 as really the the kickstarting of that emergency agenda that we see playing out now in the biosecurity state. Um, if people want to follow up on that Niger story, I will point them to the Gray Zone, which had a, a piece up uh, late last month. Shocked by Niger coup, Victoria Newland appeared desperate during Africa tour, in which it seems this might be an actual case of actual blowback, um, in which, hey, we trained these people and now they're turning against us. Who could have ever predicted that. Well, apparently not Newland. Um, If people want to follow up on that Iran story from a very, very different perspective with some more context and history, I will uh, point them to the Ron Paul Institute, where uh, on a recent edition of their morning show, uh, Daniel McAdams and Ron Paul were talking about Biden gives Iran some of its own money back. Republicans' heads explode. Um, And it, yes, I, I think the interesting part of that story, the most interesting part, is that it was announced specifically the deal was already done, that they they chose 9-11 as the day to announce it. That seems like that was a deliberate choice. Um, with regards to Grandpa Biden and his um, grandpa moments, his senile moments that he's having with increasing frequency, uh, I, I think, honestly, there is some level at which the powers that shouldn't be are enjoying rubbing the American public's face in this. As in, here is your leader, the top, the cream of the crop of the American people, and he's a bumbling... Well, I won't even say a moron. He is just an aging person whose brain is starting to fail. I'm not trying to make fun of him for that. That is just a plain statement of the truth. But the idea that this is the the leader of the country and the, the, the person who represents the nation on the international stage is kind of like a big joke that they are shoving in your face to the point where even the fact-checkers now will gladly fa- fact-check Biden and often say, yeah, no, he was lying. He's just straight-out lying these days. Uh, but, of course, orange man, too. Um, and I guess, uh, just generally speaking, just to prove, to hammer home the point, I will give another example of 9-11 being the continuing blank check. Uh, just this past weekend, I wrote an editorial on, remember what happened right before 9-11? It's happening again. 
talking about the latest um, from Afghanistan with the Taliban, the newly appointed Taliban, and their drug eradication program and the poppy crop and what's happening to that. A very interesting and underreported story, so I hope people will check that out. But, yep, 9-11 plus 22, it continues to resonate with all of us, unfortunately. James, you, you remind me right there of old Saturday Night Live skit. I'm pretty sure is the late, great Saint Phil Hartman playing the doddering old dumb Ronald Reagan who has to meet with kids and then he gets them out of the room and goes back to being a brilliant strategic planner and has all the maps and things. But when the cameras are on, he all golly gee. I don't think I don't think we're dealing with that kind of situation here. My Monday morning show for September 11th was actually an all 9/11 episode, rather esoteric and it was and it was good to have folks in my chat say, "Oh wow, I've never heard of the B thing. I've never heard of the Israeli art student spy ring." So my, I will include the links, the B thing, the Israeli spy rings and stargates. A little bit of esoteric Jake Kotze synchro mysticism as well. Plus, oh yeah, Chile's 9-11 turned 50 on Monday as well. This New World Next Week, episode 529, is a well-rounded truth meal. All the courses are paired together exquisitely. Right-wing terrorists trained at NATO bases go on trial in Italy. Set to go on trial in Italy. A new trial expected to start shortly in the district of Brescia, northern Italy, Grounded on the accusation that NATO bases in the region of Veneto provided orientation, training, and support to infamous right-wing terrorist organizations, most notably Ordine Nuovo, or New Order. You're going to wish it was the electro-rock legends New Order band. In May 1974, New Order operatives planted a bomb at an anti-fascist rally in Piazza della Loggia in Brescia, Italy, east of Milan, killing eight, wounding more than a hundred others. The bombing was part of a wave of terrorist acts supported by U.S. military intelligence, the CIA, and NATO. In this case, a main purpose appears to have been to intimidate Italy's political left. See, they let you play in all your little left-right tribes, but it means nothing to them. It's, it's the dialectic. A December 1969 bombing at the Piazza Fontana in Milan, killed 17, was blamed directly on Italy's left, who had been gaining strength politically, and it was an attempt to discredit them. The U.S. and NATO were promoting a strategy of tension that aimed to create a climate of public fear that would enable passage of draconian anti-terrorist laws while tilting the political balance rightward. When that was the wing of the fascist bird that they needed flapping and flying. Marco Toffoloni, 66, a Swiss resident believed to be one of those who set off the bomb May 28, 1974, when he was only 17, is now facing trial along with former rightist militant Robert Zorzi. In 2015, a court of appeal in Milan issued a final life sentence to top New Order operatives for ordering the bombing. While New Order operatives have already been convicted of acts of terror in Italy, with the involvement of U.S. NATO structures strongly suspected and alleged, this is the first time that the Atlantic Alliance has been formally accused in a court of law of aiding and abetting terrorist groups. This is a giant article from Covert Action. Down a ways, James, this kind of jumped out at me. In 1997, Borsi de Parma testified that he had learned from Italian military intelligence of a, quote, far-right paramilitary organization, probably known as New Order, supported by NATO security forces. It was a typically American structure supplied with weapons and radio equipment. I believe that the Americans trained New Order, end quote. 
The understanding of General De Parma was that the role of such a paramilitary organization was of infiltration, contrast, and guerrilla resistance in case of a foreign invasion characteristic of a stay-behind structure. James, I know you will have a bunch of good show notes on Gladio and other related terror gangs. I want to link up, and I was actually listening to a little bit while I was doing the show prep on this. Great classic work from the still great G. Edward Griffin. James, again, I think it kind of says something. We're still Ron Paul, G. Edward Griffin, some of the, the main amazing stalwarts still, you know, still with it and have not and really never lost the plot. The Marxist playbook hasn't changed and a classic 1969 lecture from G. Edward Griffin, The Communist Takeover. It is the strategy of tension, pressure from above, pressure from below. And we see it. I'm going to get those other fill in the blank other They've done it before, and, and they're doing it again. James? They are, aren't they? And, you know, as you're speaking there, it occurs to me that this is another one of those absolute bread-and-butter conspiracy realist topics that is is so old news for you and me that it's, it's new again, in a sense. And it certainly occurs to me that just like the bee thing and the Israeli arts uh, sp- uh, spy ring, there's probably a lot of people in the audience who don't really know about Operation Gladio. Or, or what it entailed, or any of that history. So let's correct that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if people want to get drilled down on this particular article, I, I really do recommend it, but there's a lot of detail in here um, going into the weeds of this, these particular bombings, the uh, Piazza della uh, Loggia and the Piazza Fontana bombing and their relation to the Ordi Nuovo and how that related to the NATO headquarters that was operating in Verona and blah, blah, blah. Um, and if you want to f- just get the sort of bare bones, basic details of this, I, I dug up a the, one of the few English language news reports I could find on this particular trial that came from April of this year, man who was 17 at time indicted for Piazza della Loggia. So I'll throw that in the uh, show notes. But um, more generally, obviously, if you type Gladio into the corporate report search bar, you're going to find a number of items, including one that I'll highlight here, episode 49 from way back in 2008 on paper-clipped Nazis and stay-behind Gladio's Operation Paperclip, another interesting bread-and-butter conspiracy realist issue that probably there's a lot of newbies out there who don't know about, so that might be useful for you. And if you want real deep dive on Gladio in general, which, by the way, I mean, Gladio was only the name really for the Italian branch of this larger NATO operation that was all throughout Western Europe, etc., etc. But if you want details on that, NATO's Secret Armies, Operation Gladio, and Terrorism in Western Europe by Dr. Daniel Ganser is probably the uh, the best single English language volume to get you really diving into the details on this. But yes, uh, ultimately, this is this is a classic example of false flag terrorism that unfortunately not enough people know about. So hopefully this article and the things that we're uh, putting in the show notes here will will ho- help to uh, bring people up to speed. If you are just stepping into reality, well, this is a very, very foundationally important issue that you should probably know about. And I worry, James, our third and final story on this New World Next Week, episode 529, might be the table setting for possible future false flag scenarios. You might have heard about another kerfuffle down here in New Mexico. Insert Alec Baldwin finger guns here. Wuhan Luhan goes outlaw. That's that's our governor. My fear, James, that's what I was about to get into. That's all these stories just roll right into each other. This could be another kind of crapital riot setup. 
I refer to it and have now for years on my morning show as the cat box trap. Cat people know this. If you put a box out, for whatever reason, cats can't help. They just can't help themselves but just jump in it. And that was the Crapital Riot setup, and I worry this is another one of those setups. But it is changing by the moment, so we'll see. The original story, New Mexico governor bans carrying guns in Albuquerque after 11-year-old killed. New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham on Friday, September 8th, announced a new public health order that she said will ban people from carrying firearms, either open or concealed, in Albuquerque and throughout its county, Bernalillo County, for the next 30 days, regardless of whether they have a permit. Lujan Grisham, a Democrat pointed out by the local paper, issued an executive order Thursday evening, September 7th, declaring gun violence a public health emergency. During a news conference on Friday, she said she expects legal challenges to the public health order and expressed uncertainty about whether the order would prevail in court. Super illegal, but I'm going to try it anyway. Violating the order would likely be a misdemeanor, Grisham said, and it will have no bearing, of course, on private property or at a licensed gun dealer. The declaration came after a shooting in which an 11-year-old boy was killed near the Isotopes Park in Albuquerque. That's the baseball team. Then I learn two days prior to that announcement, James, on the Wednesday, state's emergency department director resigns. New Mexico National Guard moves in. The secretary for the state's emergency management departments told staff that he's resigning two days before this order goes public that the general for New Mexico National Guard will oversee the department according to a letter written by the outgoing secretary and obtained by Source New Mexico. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham appointed David Dye, D-Y-E, as secretary of the state's Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management on May 16, 2022, when wildfires were burning throughout the state that they started prescribed burns. They're about to do it again. He was previously at the Emergency Management Office in Santa Fe County, Die in his resignation letter, praised the staff for their work managing multiple disasters over the last year or so. State's emergency department director resigns and the National Guard takes its place. Is that right? That reminds me of one of my favorite Capitol Riot stories. Army PSYOP officer resigned commission prior to leading group to D.C. protests. That from armytimes.com. Army PSYOP officer resigned before they led a bunch of cats to jump in the box. And now, a few moments later, federal judge blocks New Mexico governor's suspension of public carry. This actually just a few hours ago. Federal judge on Wednesday, today as I come to you, blocked part of New Mexico Democratic Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham's public health order suspending the carrying of firearms in public in Albuquerque. U.S. District Judge David Oreas issued the ruling, this per the Associated Press, The governor, of course, as we said, had issued the order on Friday in the wake of a killing of an 11-year-old boy outside a baseball stadium. The 30-day order would have banned the open and concealed carry of guns within the city and imposed fines on violators. The move drew scrutiny from gun rights advocates, Republicans, and Democrats alike over concerns about its constitutionality. State Attorney General Raul Torres, a Democrat, announced Tuesday he would not defend the governor's order, saying, quote, I do not believe that the emergency order will have any meaningful impact on public safety. I do not believe it passes constitutional muster. 
California Democrat Congressman Ted Liu, a gun control advocate, raised eyebrows with his quick condemnation of Grisham's order, stating on Twitter, I support gun safety laws. However, this order from the governor of New Mexico violates the U.S. Constitution. No state in the union can suspend the federal constitution. There's no such thing as a state public health emergency exception to the constitution. And I hope they remember that when it goes for their scamdemics, too. And it was obviously working really well, James. Police find man shot and killed in northwest Albuquerque days in. As folks might imagine, much like my Monday 9-11 show, I covered this extensively the next day on my morning show. Morning Monarchy, September 12th, 2023. Lawmakers call for impeachment of New Mexico governor. So my fear, before the steam was just taken out, at least for now anyway was to be aware of any kind of Ray Epps type saying, tomorrow we go into Albuquerque. So why why did they try this, James? Remember, now, she is the one who broke her own lockdown so she could go shop for jewelry. Also, her husband and the guy that successfully sued her for sexual harassment both passed abruptly. She, she is as shady as your government criminals come. Why they try- Was it a trial balloon? Did they slip up and say the quiet part out loud? Are they trying to get a reaction out of you? Do they want open defiance, as I've been noting week after week here recently? Show up all mad and armed and, you know, get your biometrics recorded and get put on another list. Will other crime-ridden cities try this next? Chicago, then San Francisco, then poor Portland. And maybe those will last. Maybe those won't get overturned because those situations are even even more dire. Is she making a run for D.C.? I've heard a lot of chatter about that. Her and Kamala are big buddies. What kind of numbers do you think Harris Grisham 24 could pull off, James? I don't even want to speculate. But uh, yeah, you hit on a number of the possibilities there, and they are all possibilities. The latter one seems like the most likely because there was no way that this blatantly unconstitutional order would stand as written for very long, and it didn't. So, obviously, if this was some sort of big, big strategy, then it was just quashed. No, it seems like it might have been political grandstanding. Um, Just a signal to her base. Look, I'm the politician who actually is going to try to do something about this, but oh, damn, those... Those Trump-appointed judges are keeping me back or whatever. So it it certainly could play into a political campaign, essentially. Um, But it could absolutely be part of all of those other things you mentioned, amping up the uh, the overall reaction to get in order to bring about some sort of solution. And uh, one thing that I picked up on in, in this story that I thought was particularly chilling was the fact that this was issued under the guise of a public health order. And that is interesting because that is very much part of this new rule by emergency that we're starting to see. And they're starting to encode that in everything. We are starting to see, of course, the climate Armageddon is being framed as a public health emergency. And they're trying, I think, uh, they're setting out the trial balloons and I think they're trying to ingrain in the public's head, public health emergency equals we can do whatever we want and we can put out these blatantly unconstitutional orders and it's in the name of public health. And you've all already agreed that anything in the name of public health means that you give up all your rights forever, right? Right. Okay. So I think that's part of what's going on here. And it's 
it's a it's a worrying trend. Um, as one uh, example of how that plays out internationally, I will point people to the latest edition of the Light newspaper in uh, the UK, which on page nine of their most recent edition from the August 2023 edition, they have a article by John Morse on mental health used to threaten liberty, um, noting about a Hampshire County Council's Health and Wellbeing Board uh, publication that was talking about the mental health crisis in the UK, which weirdly enough, notes that suicide rates are declining in England in every demographic except under 25s, but then goes on to say that suicide, everyone is at risk of suicide. What what does that mean? Everyone is at risk? Well, I guess anyone could potentially do it, but does that mean everyone is at risk? But where are they driving at with this? Well, of course, they say, well, we need data-driven, informational-led response to this, which means that they're proposing what exactly? Oh, of course, local real-time surveillance system. In order to keep you safe from yourselves, citizens, we will have to monitor and track you at all times. So again, in the name of a real problem, yes, the mental health crisis that a lot of people are facing, sure, it's a real problem, but their phony solutions are never the answer to that. And trying to ban firearms or trying to install local real-time surveillance systems or whatever else they come out with in the name of these public health emergencies, you better believe it's just their, uh, it's just the latest trend, the fad amongst tyrants to cloak their tyrannical agenda grandstanding or more strategies of tension. It's maybe the same thing. Man, James, you could make a six-hour documentary about this 20-some minute episode going through it because we said, oh, rule by emergency. Oh, you mean like the 22 years of a 9-11 emergency they keep signing because the terrorists are going to get us onto the terrorists that they fund and train and create. Unbelievable, man. Thankfully, my man, yeah, everybody's (laughs) sigh with us. (laughs) Thankfully, my buddy Jeff at Carson Cafe right here in northern New Mexico hooked me up with a Mesa Fresh shirt. This was hand screen printed. As again, it's really interesting, James. We might be actually doing more local food and know more of where our food comes from now than we did when we were in the foodie haven of Portland, Oregon. It's really strange the way things have worked out. Dude, it's been raining all day. I had to come to New Mexico to get cooler weather and nice rainy weather like I used to have in peaceful Portland. Ah, strangeness, strange days indeed. NewWorldNextWeek.com supports both of our work. 9-11 Trillions, 9-11 War Games DVDs were actually on a 24-hour sale on the 9-11 anniversary on Monday, but you missed it because you're not signed up to get emails about sales and new stuff at NewWorldNextWeek.com. New things like... Media Monarchy Music Compilations. Five days worth of hand-picked episodes from the long-running show by Media Monarchy. I call my music show Pump Up the Volume. Each one gigabyte zip file compilation contains 24 hours of genre-themed music, rock, electronic, country, eclectic, and pop that were streamed live and uncensored by host and DJ, yours truly, James Evan Pilato. James, I know there's lots of people out there. I've heard it. I've heard it most of my life, and I've fought, I think, successfully against it a lot of my life. All of today's music sucks. All the radio sucks. And if you're getting your music and radio from them, just like if you're getting your news or your food from them, you're probably right. It probably does suck. 
So I hope people will try this out, James. I am really sort of maybe trying to gear this more towards New World Next Week kind of people who might not know about the wildness that is the Media Monarchy Kingdom. That is New World Next Week, episode 529. James, I've, I've gotten you into some new music before, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Was that a test? Yeah. <laughs> I would never have heard that new uh, Olivia Rodrigo song if it weren't for you, so... There you go. That's that's a good one. See, and that's a great example for people like, oh, well, that's some giant pop song. It is a giant pop song, but it's fantastic. And there's a lot of other very indie. I mean, the majority of the music that I play, and this has always been the question people ask, are you allowed to play all that music? Yes. Bands like when you listen to their music. Most of the music is given to us by the bands and the labels who want us to hopefully play their songs. And I hope people will check out these music compilations again. Each one gig file is a literally it's 24 hours of my radio shows. That'll get you through a lot of road trips, a lot of studying. Again, I hope people will check it out, James. Excellent. I hope people will too. And all the links will be in the show notes along with everything else we've talked about. And man, have we talked, we've covered quite a bit of ground today. So I hope people will check out those show notes. Anyway, that'll do it for this week, James. Thanks for the stories. Looking forward to talking to you again next week. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Take care. <laughs>